Thank you for listening to this Podcast One production. Now available on Apple Podcasts, Podcast One, Spotify, and anywhere else you get your podcasts. He's covered the big events and talked to the biggest names in sports for more than three decades. Breeze, end zone, he hit 500 career touchdown passes. From Super Bowls to the World Series, he's been there, he'll be there, and he's here now for CMI, the Chris Myers Interview. Chris Myers Interview, it's great to have Frank Caliendo with us. And Frank and I go back a little bit. I'm a big fan of comedians' impressions. He's a sports fan. He does great sports voices, among many others. And so, Frank, let's just start. This is what your current was. Before I even say hi, I hope I didn't throw you off because Jerry Jones, <laughs> Jerry Jones, I love your Jerry Jones. Can you just because he always had new ones? The owner of the Cowboys. You got you got something on him? I believe I have. I have as the uh, owner. Uh, and general manager and coach of the Dallas Cowboys. Wait a second, did you say coach? I did. <laughs> <laughs> yes, that is a spot on. Now, your impressions, we know about John Madden, put you on the map with sports fans. I love that you've recently, maybe it was more recent, but I've seen it on, on social media. You can see it at, uh, at Frank Calendo or CaliendoCast.com. You combine John Madden and Pat Summerall, the, the classic, and then you've even done a modern version of Tony Romo and Jim Nance calling clips and and uh, that's amazing because you're doing two voices back and forth between each other well so, in my act in my act i used to do summerall and madden there was summerall talking about uh you know summerall was the play-by-play guy and madden would do color or analysis so pat summerall totally different than what could happen today because basically i think announcers or, or, or play-by-play people are told fill up airtime, right? It's you do it. You know, they're yeah. saying you should be talking. There's like, you know, you'll get a call. Why didn't you say anything there? Well, it, the action speaks for itself. Well, not, not in this day and age, they want you to be talking for the most part. So when Summerall was doing them, he would just do, do those little phrases. He didn't even do full sentences. Somebody would be running down the field. He'd be like, to the 20, to the 25, there's a flag on the play. So there was almost nothing. He was just letting it speak for itself. And then Mad would come in and explain it. See what happened there was this happened and that happened and boom. Great idea. So it was that back and forth. And now, see, the funny thing is if I do Madden and Summerall, if I do it on camera, people are like, that's so old. That's so old. That's awful. But if I do it in a voiceover for a, a, a current play, or even a viral video, people are like, "Oh, that's amazing! What what a what a brilliant uh, use of technology! <laughs> How hip and cool is that?" Like, it's the same thing I was doing. You just don't see my face. So apparently, my face is what ruins impressions. Uh, yes, well, unless you're doing De Niro, which you you've got that down. But we've seen you in person, and I have seen your act in person, uh, which is outstanding as well as listening to you. I, I speaking of the viral videos because I, I saw you do a mad, you did a Madden Summerall with a with a with a driver trying to you know the gas tank is on one side of the car, right? Oh and they, yeah, and they couldn't find that, and that was hysterical because you it was also funny by its Self, but you really captured how how I think Madden would would see it. Obviously. Yeah, because he's always kind of questioning, like, what what you doing there, Pat? I'm not sure, John. Looks like the gas tank's on the other side, so <laughs> you got to drive around, right? I, you'd think so. <laughs> but if you drive around, you got to drive around to the other side, not to the same side, because it's the same side. <laughs> You're just gonna keep driving in circles, definitely. So it's, yeah, it's. It's interesting. And then, like you said, the Tony Romo and Jim Nance. My Jim Nance is just okay. 
So I don't even talk as Jim Nance that much. I just do the Tony Romo. Oh, Jim, this is incredible and amazing. It's going to be. And then there's a key phrase that actually my podcast partner came up with that when we were just going back and forth doing it. And it was, here we go, Jim. And I looked at Romo's, um, at his uh, Twitter feed. Uh And actually his bio says, here we go. So he even knows that's his catchphrase. But it's like, here we go, Jim. And then all I say, as something crazy is happening, it's usually somebody falling down or, or getting hurt or whatever. It's just Jim Nance going, Tony. <laughs> yes, if you, listen, yeah, if you ever listen to Nance, and a lot of announcers kind of do this, but Nance really does it because he goes from golf, you know, golf Nance to full-on football Nance in that moment. But when somebody goes to the sideline, he'll be like, to the sideline. It's like somebody's messing with the volume and speed control <laughs> of his voice, and it just starts to go off. So that's really what that's just become is that, uh, you know, R- Romo predicts something, and then Nance just goes, Tony, oh, Jim, I told you it was going to happen. It did. I'm just a soothsayer. And you you look for, obviously, good impressionists do this, right? You, you see – either a, a certain sound, an inflection, a rhythm, right? And you, and you put those all together and you, I'm sure, borrow some guys' impressions sound like other guys, but you fit it into that mode. But I, but I did want to ask you when you said, hey, your, your, your Nance is just okay. Maybe there's not a whole lot there to, to do an impression of in terms of, the, of his style, but you pointed out. So do you, do you grade yourself on impressions going back from, okay, this one I got nailed. And I know your stand-up act, you went from Robin Williams to Madden or whatever, you go all over. But do you have your, this is my A-list of impressions that you like, not, not what they're saying on social media and obviously when you go to fans and do it live you get their reaction but your a-list yeah i mean to me to me it's do you can you convey the person can you convey the the essence of the person the point of view i don't like people have gotten so into you don't nail the voice 100 percent that i just kind of go but that's not the point of an impression an impression is different than a sound alike a sound alike is a person who's trying to be an exact replica, almost an impersonation to, to pretend that you are the person as opposed to being a caricature and something funny about the person. So I've always gone for that, even if it's a little bit of a caricature or to a lot of a caricature, I, want, I wanted more of that because to me that's funnier because after you do the impersonation, the exact replica of a person for a little bit, it's boring. It, all you can do is, and that's what a lot of people do on social media is they just do the lines of somebody as opposed to creating something and making more out of it. And that's, like I said, that's what I've always strove, striven for, one of those two. But in, in social media nowadays, people, they, there's no nuance. There's no getting what these, you know, what the fun of an impression is. It's just people going, you don't sound like them. I'm like, <laughs> you knew who it was. You knew who it was. That's a, when I do a Chris Myers, Chris Myers, uh, you know, there's a lot more of, uh, uh, Frank, uh, you know, there's a lot more of that than with the real you, right? It's taking that and making it times 10 because then you, then you start to think as a person, it's one of those things where it's flattery and, and it, you know, drives you nuts at the same time. You're going, Oh boy, do I, do I really do that? Do I, yeah, do, I, I, yeah. do I really do that? I don't, I don't think so, but that's all right. You're, you're exaggerating it. No, I, I get it. That's uh that's why well, I, I hadn't quite heard that sound alike versus an impression, right? But big yeah. difference there. Okay. Yeah, totally. And, I mean, totally. And it's, it's, it's the difference between trying to create a character with the impression and just trying to be the person. Uh, I mean, one of the things I see in social media right now 
are these deep fakes. And what they do is they take the actual person's face, the, you know, a computer generated version of the person's face, put it on your face. It's a, it basically masks you so you could look like Robert Downey Jr. And, but it takes away the parody of it because now you just look like the person talking. So when you have the makeup on and you look silly or you, you know, you're on a set that's kind of funny, you know it's not actually the person, there's an element of, oh, this is comedy, this is parody. When it looks exactly like the person and sounds sometimes exactly like the person, you're going, this just looks like them doing it. And I, that's, maybe I'm just old school. To me, it's, it takes away the art of it. It's like, okay, it's, so, it's basically copying a picture as opposed to painting it with your own you know, style. Yes. It's, it's, it's just tracing. It's not creating your own thing. It's just taking a look at it and mimicking it and trying to be it. And to me, that's, a, that's not a full-on... You know, Will Sass, Will Sass is one of the greatest of all time for creating a character out of it. He did the Kenny Rogers. Hi, I'm Kenny Rogers. And this guy can. <laughs> it wasn't anything like Kenny Rogers, but it just started as Kenny Rogers and became this hilarious, great character. And that's what I always thought of Impressions as being. My Madden, I could sound pretty much exactly like John Madden. But to me, it's funnier to go... <laughs> So finding you, him eating the sentences. And you can't go, at least people, I don't think, want the impression for too long in that character, right? It's a couple of lines. It's a moment or two, right? You can't do a whole well, act with one when it, I mean, voice. to me, when it's, when it's a dead-on impression, it just gets boring. When right. it's a character, you can, now, you can now do more with it because you have a point of view and you don't need hard jokes. When you do the dead-on impression, a lot of the times you can all you can do is hard jokes after a while. But with a, an impression, you can or a caricature, you can interact more and create more of a point of view, so that it doesn't have to be forced jokes. Yeah, your Robin Williams is one where it's not the joke; it's just he's bouncing around, right? When you do your Robin, yeah, Williams. it's a, you know he was always amazed by everything. Oh my God, what an incredibly wonderful place! Here we go. Help me! It's just this, you know, for him, it's it's the element of he's. He's, uh, you know, a kid in the candy store at all times. They're like, what is this? Here we go. And then I, in my act, I turned it back in the day. It was him in The Wizard of Oz because he would turn everything in The Wizard of Oz. So just cast him in that movie. So to me, <laughs> those are the things like they're, it's either fish out of water or the perfect situation for a person. And then you can, you can create something because you have the point of view around them. For me, Al Pacino is, uh, he's amazed by everything. So Wait a second. You could be, it could be simple. It could be a simple um, turning on of a light switch. And you'd be like, wait a second. You mean you flip a switch over here and a light goes on over there? Whoa! This is sorcery. <laughs> it's just a light switch. But he's amazed by it. Do you do, you do uh, an aging Madden or an aging Al Pacino? I mean, their voices that over time, right? They've changed a little. So I'm sure yeah, you Al, adapt to Al that. Is, uh, Al's way up here now. He's got yeah. that. Madden's got raps too. You when you hear John Madden, he's kind of he's kind of here. <laughs> but people don't people know Madden. I don't think people want to hear the aging Madden. No, no, we want the we want the classic and your and that to me. Yeah. Even though oh, that's an older it's still Madden and it's still if you're a sports. I mean, even if you're not a sports fan, the guy was everywhere and has done everything. He's an amazing figure and. Uh, you know, in our gener of our generation, and so you you love to hear from them. Have you, uh, Frank, gotten a call ever from a movie or commercial or something? Say, hey, we want you in this to do the voice in this movie or fill in sounding like this guy, an actual. Uh, I don't get a lot of that because I don't I don't do a lot of the like exact sound alikes. I do more okay. of the impression stuff. But 
I mean, there was one time where I was supposed to fill in for, I, I did Madden singing, and it was a commercial where you're saying, chestnuts roasting on an open fire. And people were like, that's unbelievable. I made them, I made them pay me to audition because I said John Madden, who I knew didn't like me at the time, right. or didn't understand me. I hadn't met him yet, which I met at the Super Bowl in Dallas with Fox, but he didn't like me. So I'm like, he's not, I'm not auditioning because he's not going to let it happen. And then they're mm -hmm. like, well, you sound, we've heard you do this. I'm like, you pay me. And I don't remember what the money was. I'll, I'll, I'll do it because it's going to, it's a waste of my time. They paid me. They're like, this is unbelievable. This is perfect. And then they wouldn't use it. I think since he's uh, appreciated because he, I mean, you do, I know some other, I don't think Jim Rome likes uh, people know him, especially radio sports fans. I don't think I'm not sure if Jim Rome likes anything besides Jim Rome. How great is that? How much better did the Chris Myers podcast just get when I started talking? Incredible. I'm better than Myers and Caliendo combined. Ridiculous. <laughs> Give me a little uh, Stephen A. Smith if you're in. I have to say I don't even understand what the, the congruency that's understanding him. I don't have the mental capacity that Stephen A. Smith – that's the thing about – and I've done Stephen A. with Stephen A. many times. His ability to go from word to word, he's a human thesaurus. He, and he won't just say one word. He'll be like, I completely, uh, undeniably, understandably. I'm like, do you need that? How are these coming together? But yeah, he's a, he, he's a fun one. I love it that, yeah, you, you go to people who have voice. Now, some voices are more, or I should say the impression, the, the makeup and the physical look helps, right? Like with the Dr. Phil. Uh, that jumps out of it. Any other yeah, other, I mean, yeah, I mean, when we would do Dr. Phil, it was on the, you know, especially on the set that looked like Dr. Phil and the music in the background. I remember Bill Richards, uh, producer, who's there at Fox still. And, uh, I mean, he's like, yeah, you know, it's, uh, what do you do? The Dr. Phil gave the shutter. <laughs> it just makes you better break. So, <laughs> it's great yeah, Bill Richards, by the way. Yeah, yeah I think the, the, the sell of a set, and the, I mean, that's, sometimes people think an impression is better than it is because they're a very visual person. Somebody will see the bald cap with a little ring of hair around the, you know, the, the side and uh, the mustache, and they'll think, that's the best Dr. Phil I've ever heard. Well, you didn't even hear anything yet. You just looked at it. So it's the makeup people who are great. Uh, right. But Dr. Phil, with that on, what were you thinking? What is your problem? And that was an easy one to always do for football season because you could just complain about whatever happened the last, you know, the last week. What were you thinking? Uh, Jerry Jones, you got to get off the sideline. So um, <laughs> some of those lend themselves to being able to, you know, to, to directly uh, make jokes and stuff like that. You mentioned the NFL on Fox pregame show, Bill Richards, the, the producer, it's such a tremendous group uh, talent and you did a lot of stuff there before doing a number of ESPN impressions. You and, and obviously have done more from that with different TV shows. By the way, uh, yeah, Terry Bradshaw, you again, just a few lines, but you capture him because of his style and the Southern accent when you do Bradshaw's voice, right? Yeah. Cause Terry's just, he, he, I mean, you know him well, he's, 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 he's insane and completely sane at the same time. It's, I, he's one of those duality type of personalities. You're like, how are you doing this? I have no idea, Frank. I don't know what I'm doing right now, but I'm going to go sell a business. What, what are you talking about? You can't spell your name. I can. T-E-R-Y. You missed an R. I know, Frank, but it's not important. Just double up on it. Save yeah. some time, Frank. That's the business. Now, how about I just, this is what I, I, Jeff Goldblum, who I've seen running in commercials recently, and I know that's what too. Lost. 
Yeah, you get you sometimes have to see because of the way he stares, and if if you if you see yeah, but it's know. the it's it's the bumbling around. Ah, yes, hello, hello, why, why, why? My favorite letter it is I. Uh, is another uh, it's a vowel A E I O U and what? Sometimes why, but not always. Oh, very good. I started <laughs> I started uh, doing um, almost play by play with. Uh, Jeff Goldblum as well on videos just because he, he's everywhere. He's got that Apple show and stuff like that. It's He was in so many big movies at a certain time, you know, Jurassic Park and all that stuff, uh, uh, um, Independence Day. So it's yeah. crazy to think he's one of the biggest stars of all time. And people are still telling me, ah, nobody knows Jeff Goldblum. I'm like, he's everywhere. Yeah, no, you know, and, and when you do it, no, you capture it. And it's been that, I mean, I remember you doing that years ago and a, a different kind of Goldblum, but obviously the voice carries. One of the more popular ones recently, and we saw this uh, through television too, John John Gruden, who from from the booth, you know, it's about coaching the Raiders now. And he had you come in and you talk to the team, and the team loved it. Gruden, you know, sense the humor for as much of a, a hardline coach as he is. Great guy, by the way, to be around. Yeah, I think part of what I think what Gruden saw and sees <laughs> is that you know he's always had the Chucky. Everybody knows the Chucky side of him, but they don't know the other side of it. He's he's one of those guys. He, he's he walks in the room and he's in charge. He's just one of those guys. He's he, anywhere he goes. I, I remember a, 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 one, I went into a Monday Night Football game uh, in Chicago, and it was the Saints Bears. It was kind of a it was kind of a boring game at the end of the season. And uh, Mike Tirico, who was uh, at, at, at uh, ESPN at the time, was just the epitome of a professional, right? He's doing 10 different sports, whatever. He's a little bit late to the meeting. And, and you know, it's a 6 o'clock, 7 o'clock in the morning meeting, something like that. And Gruden's like, so, Mike Tirico, you busy uh, running the entire network? What are you doing, man? And it just took over, and Tirico's, oh, boy. You know, just one of those things where, oh, God, here we go. And Gruden just messed with him for 10, 15 minutes. It was just – but it was, it, that's Gruden. He's just in charge, and he's the guy. And he's, a, he's actually quite a funny guy. He knows – when you watched him on Hard Knocks, he knew yeah. what he was doing. When he right. was rushing quarterbacks, he knew he looked crazy, but he doesn't right. care. Yeah. And that's what makes him great. He just doesn't care. Yeah, he, play, he played it up well. Uh, can you give us a little Gruden, the, the, you know, the knock on wood of the stuff you did that the players reacted to and he was in the room cracking up? I mean, we're, well, we're just, I went I in there. Was, See, well, so here's the thing. I've done it twice. I did it, la- I did it two years ago and last year. This, last year was, was on Hard Knocks. They, I also, um, they were in Arizona the year before. And I went in there. And when I walked in the door, I was immediately in front of the team. So I knew what I was doing. Uh, they ended up winning that game, and he sent me a game ball. So I have a, I have a. How many players play in the NFL that never get a game ball? I actually <laughs> have cool. two of them. I have two of them now because they've won both the games I've talked to the team. Um, but the second time I went in, I had to walk through the entire team. Everybody was looking for Antonio Brown. Nobody knew where he was, and uh, we're, I, you know, there's some chaos and stuff going on, and, and for me personally, just getting there. I didn't know I was even going to be on or doing that until about two or three hours before we actually recorded it. So I get there. I don't know what the room looks like. And one of the things about comedy that I always have felt is you have to know your surroundings. So if you go on a, a stage, like if when I did the Tonight Show or Letterman or something like that, I'd say, can I go out on the stage first for a little bit just to feel what it's like to be there? So I know my, you know, everything around me so I can feel like I'm at home for a second and sometimes they let you do that and sometimes they don't but there's there's an element of feeling that 
and, and just feeling comfortable. So I walk in, I didn't know I had to walk through the whole team. So I'm confused. I'm walking through the whole team and I was going to sing because they'd done that rookie singing right. and Hunter Renfro was singing lean on me. So I was concentrating on the singing part. I had all these jokes and singing. I get up in front and I kind of have a brain freeze because I'm so worried about singing. It's like an American Idol moment, but everybody couldn't figure out if it was me just messing with them or if I really did have the brain freeze. And I was super tired and all kinds of stuff. But, but it, it turned out I, I saw um, a couple of the players. I had great jokes that I didn't even get to. It was like, Derek Carr, I didn't notice you with sleeves on, man. You know, it's, uh, I didn't even recognize you there. Come on, bring the guns out. How about you? Uh, you know, so uh, there, was a, there was a lot of goofy little – I didn't even know where Gruden was. He was just to my left. And I didn't oh, he, even see it. He was yeah. dying. I mean, he was I – mean, with the shots, the cameras. So red, yeah, he gets so red-faced when I do it. I thought I, they had, they've had me do it a few different times over the years for different things, whether it's Monday Night Football, an after party, or something like that. But uh, he, he always, he's the one who always asks me to do it. And then he, he just gets he – gets, he turns <laughs> so red that it's hilarious. And you pick the lot. So I think you grab the lot. Like, and he really does this, this knock on whatever it is. Now, if you're with me, knock on what, right? Is that, I, I've seen yeah, him do that I, in our production meeting. So, yeah, he, uh, he hadn't done that. Um, I'd never seen him do it in public before. But then the first time I saw him, uh, the, first, the, the first time I talked to the team, he was doing that thing. And I was like, holy cow. And then on Hard Knocks, everybody found out about it. So uh, it, it, was, it was one of those things where he learned. I also... The first time I went to talk to the team, I'm like, does Gruden swear or anything like that? Oh, they're like, not really. Oh. I'm listening from the outside. That's all I heard. Oh, that's all he does is, yeah, oh, you got yeah. to bleep. So can you give us a little of Gruden just with the clean version? Uh, I'll tell you what, man. We're working on it, Myers. What's going on? Are you going to do a little pre-game prep with me? Come on. Knock on wood if you're with me, Myers. <laughs> Come on, man. Okay. That's a pretty good job you're doing there, man. You're interviewing <laughs> Caliendo. You know he's not really me, man, huh? A lot of people get us confused. He's two feet tall. I'm not two feet tall. Does he live in a mushroom house? Come on, man. Get with it. Don't like this, Frank. When I ask for requests, but just for me on this, like Adam, you do like because these are cool voices. Adam Schefter, first of all, according right? to my sources, at this particular time, it appears that Chris Myers is worried I'm going to hang up on him. <laughs> okay, give, give me Mel Mel Kiper. <laughs> Talking about tremendous situation. Look at Caliendo, you know, two feet tall, unable to to to, to, to do what uh, anybody over five foot would actually do. A tremendous situation, low risk, high reward situation. If you can give them uh, some kind of pumpkin pie, which is what I like to do every time before I get the draft. Uh, pop, 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 pop. I was out with COVID, had a tremendous situation that came back. Todd McShay, it would have been, nobody would have known him, but Caliendo made him a household name. See, that's you captured right. Forget even the voice. I could just see Mel going on a, on a ramble rant during the, the draft coverage. One of the guys I worked with years ago, uh, really the, the heartbeat of, of the beginning of ESPN, Chris Berman, who you don't hear him a lot lately, but when you say what you will, but nobody circles the wagon like Chris Myers. <laughs> My noise just turns into Beaker from the Muppets. It's Morse code. What people don't know is that everybody at ESPN has right. a Chris Berman impression. Nobody ever did it because they were afraid they were going to get fired. But right. everybody is in the background going, eh, 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 you know, eh. 
Right, the Van Pelt does it. I mean, you know, I I, I remember back when I was there. Everybody, you're right. Everybody, but nobody, you know, you captured it. You brought it out. That's it's really yeah. more sounds, right? It's more emphasis and just like a, a like yeah. There's he he'll do that thing where he'll run out of breath. He's just talks so long. Uh, he, and then we we were talking for about forty five minutes. There's just nothing even coming out anymore. It's like Dizzy Gillespie playing the trumpet years, you know. Back in the day, it's where he has some type of alternate airflow to refill and keep playing while he's breathing. Uh, and then I like I like your Roger Wars, and I love a big you know who doesn't love Jaws, right? He's, yeah, but your Roger Worski, you nailed too. Can you give us a little? Yeah, uh, the just, hyperbole of right. you know I watched 192 hours of videotape this morning. <laughs> what do you mean you watched 190? That's why I truly believe. I didn't even, I did that 30 for 30 years ago. I didn't even have the impression of him yet. I got it while we were shooting. And um, it was one of those things where I was like, oh man, this one's going to be a good one. And it took off for, you know, for a couple now, of years. For your story, I know you, you mentioned you're, you're a sports fan. I know that in Arizona now. I think you're born, you're born in Chicago, but really grew up in, in Wisconsin area, right? Packer country. So yes, uh, I did it. I, were you a sports fan all along the way, like in our business or, and then the, the connected the impressions or were you more? A com- yeah. Comedy? I mean, I grew up, my dad was a minor league baseball player before I was born. So we played baseball. I played AU baseball. Um, I, I was going to play in college a little bit in a division two school but I really wasn't good enough to, to play. I could hit a little bit, but um, I could run okay, but uh, I didn't have the arm and I just was never going to go anywhere with it. But I love baseball growing up. I even worked for Mike Hegan, who um, used to play for the A's. Yeah. Yeah. First baseman. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. Uh, uh, Jim Hegan is his dad was a catcher. So uh, I, I was always around lots of baseball players Um but and we played lots of sports. You know, it was we played mainly basketball, football, baseball as kids. But I just liked sports, and that's what I. You know, as a catcher, I'd be behind the plate, and I didn't really do tons of impressions. But I would, I would make the batters laugh and make the umpire laugh, and I'd sometimes get some extra strikes called for my pitcher uh, because I was, you know, you know, just warming up the the umpire a little bit, having some fun. So. Um, Oh, that's just where, that's just how I grew up. uh, I grew up around sports. I knew sports. Some kids, people grow up around the theater, so they know more about theater. I I didn't have any of that element of culture. And I wish that I had. I I wish that I knew more of that growing up and had learned more uh, of the intricacies of that world. Because, you know, I could have spoken more to that and done more with that in, in the impression world and just in characters and acting in general. Right, but the general, excuse me, who, those who, you know, impressions, usually you're, you're, you're making, right, you're imitating somebody in the family or a teacher, and then when you do it in front of people and you get the laughs, you say, okay, I have the confidence to do that. So where your roots in, in this kind of thing and saying, oh, I can do this, how, how far does that go back? Oh, I would just, I would do impressions of teachers and friends. And, uh, you know, one, one guy, I remember distinctly, Darren Barsh, he always flared his nostrils and had one of those combs in his back pocket and would feather his hair because, you know, it was late 80s, early 90s. And uh, I, I would just do the impression of him. So it was just mimicry, you know, yeah. you, just, you just find it and do it. And I think a lot of people can do that. It's it's about finding material. And I, I, did, it, I didn't really get into that until after I graduated from college. I did a little bit before that. But I wanted to graduate from college. I graduated with a degree in broadcast journalism. And I wanted to be, I wanted to do essentially what you're doing. That's That was my initial idea was oh. to be a sports broadcaster. And 
I realized later that I, I never would have had the recall and knowledge to do something. I, I just wasn't right for it. So I just may started making fun of myself in that world, basically. It's funny because I, I, being a sports fan growing up, of course, but I loved like interview shows, game shows, you know, the, the comedians and impressionists and, and like historically, and you mentioned a few and you can tell our audience along with yourself who are some of the best today, but you go back, this is old school, Rich Little, I mean, Fred Travelina, uh, Frank, he was more, I guess, a singer and even a Frank Gorshin, who I remember <clears throat> seeing run, reruns of him doing like a Burt Lancaster, Kirk Douglas bit. So was there uh, an impressionist that and you that caught your attention that, that you said, okay, I, this is an area I can go? Did you just well, when I was very way? young, when I was very young, it was Rich Little. And then as I was a teenager, it was the Saturday Night, Night Live people. It was Dana Carvey uh, in Living Color, Jim Carrey, Damon Wayans. Watching the, that group was probably about this, the, the time where I was saying, hey, I could do this type of thing. Um, so, uh, yeah, I mean, those, those were my influences. A lot of Saturday Night Live and SCTV, which was Second City TV with Mark yeah. Short and John Candy and those guys. Right. That was a lot of my influence before. Um, and then as I got into, when I graduated from college, I just, you know, kind of started doing my own thing. I, I wanted to be like a Robin Williams meets a Jim Carrey type of person. So... <laughs> And, and it's got a unique turf, though, Frank, where, where this, a sports impressionist, I mean, you can do the other way, you know, all the celebrities like we see, but, but I like that, I mean, it's, I think that's what's, again, made you so popular in the sports world and, and beyond. I, I, and you take... Well, a, lot example, of it, a, lot of it, a lot of it, Chris, was laziness. I just, I had, <laughs> I had some good, I had some, a great gig at Fox and then, a, a, you know, some good stuff at ESPN, but it was, I was just in a comfort zone where I knew what I was doing and knew how... I knew the formulas to make it work for the most part. So it was just that I had kids that I was watching grow up. And, you know, once I had a family, it became more about that than the industry for me personally. So, um, but yeah, I mean, it really was a lot. Of, I, I, I will a lot of my career down to being pretty good at something, but being lazy. So okay, well, <laughs> at least you're honest about it. We, we, yeah. I mean, doc, Dr. Phil could talk to you about that. How about your, uh, your presidents you've done? And again, some of these, you may need the physical look and there's one line, but I, I you know, you're, they, they, they never get old to me because they're presidents and they're historically, we, we know when we hear the voice, whether it's, whether it's Bush, George W. Bush or Bill Clinton, or even like you do an Obama, right? You do a little Barack Obama. Yeah. Right? The, the Obama's, the, let me be clear. You talk to flow at the beginning. And speed up at the end. And then George W. Bush just tries to uh, figure out what's going on. Bill Clinton's on the corner going, hey. And then Donald Trump's it. what a tremendous situation. A very, very good. They're all very good, but I'm the best impression of all of them. I just recently did Trump as Batman. Somebody suggested on TikTok, believe it or not, uh, to do Trump as Batman. And that's one of my new series things is just Trump as Batman. Uh, but a lot of people are saying I'm the best Batman. I'm the number one Batman. Sleepy Joker. Insane Bain, Nancy Pelosi, they all think I'm the best Batman of all time. At uh, Frank Caliendo on social media and caliendocast.com. Who's your partner, by the way, on the podcast? Because I've caught some of that, and that's terrific as well. John Holmberg, he's amazing. He's here in Phoenix um, as well. He's the number one radio guy. Yeah, and uh, probably, could, yeah. probably could be national, or he easily could have been national, but 
he just knew what he was doing and, and yeah, like, free, to, no, telling you, him what to do. Yeah, when I've seen you guys, you guys are fun. And I, in fact, I think it was on one of those where you did uh, the Irishman movie and, and you did the De Niro Pacino Pesci thing on a phone. I think it was on a phone call or something, right? I mean, it was, it been, was a possibility. There's a definite possibility. I don't know. We got to think through it. That's what I'm talking about. Kelly Endo has no recollection of what he just did. And the Pesci, I didn't even have the Pesci because Pesci's got, Pesci's aged Pesci, like you were talking about the older, you know, as people age and what they sound like. I didn't do a good young Joe Pesci. That I, can't, I, can't, I, can't, I didn't do that. The right. Jim Brewer kind of Joe Pesci. Right, right. I never okay. did that. I never did that. But now this older Joe Pesci that just brings everything to him is going to be uh, fine, guys. That, uh, that Pesci is just, it's just going crazy on social media. Yeah, no, I, I, it struck, and I, I, not to name drop Frank, you know me, I would never, but I was over at, at Sherwood Country Club for, I'm not a member, I can't afford, but there were people there, and I, and Pesci played in an event, and said, <clears throat> just talking to guys, no cameras, and he sounded just like that, and this was a few years before this, so when I, when I heard you do that, I was like, wow, I, I it really, you, you nailed it. A couple yeah. of other ones, uh, like, I like when you take an ID, right, somebody, or somebody suggests an idea. Uh, like we talked about, and you're having either a sportscaster call a, a news event or vice versa. But more, you're Morgan Freeman. You had him reading a letter once. You don't have to go through the whole thing. But you're Morgan Freeman, who's one of the great and, – and I didn't realize this. When he did the Shawshank Redemption, that was the first time they had asked him to just do any kind of voiceover, you know, to read there. It was kind of a last-minute thing, and obviously his voice is – Oh, I, didn't, I actually didn't know that. I didn't – Yeah. I didn't, I, I did not know. Well, I the thing right about – when I read the LeBron letter, that became mega viral. And Jimmy Fallon even played it for Morgan Freeman on The Tonight Show that night. It was just timing that happened to be perfect. But that's, that ended up getting me to hang out with the Cavs uh, the, the year they, they won. And I got to spend, you know, some time. Like I, I was talking to one of LeBron's, uh, you know, guys. And I was like, hey, um, uh, did LeBron like that letter? And it was right after LeBron had taken a hiatus, hiatus and he came back to play in Phoenix. So they didn't know if he was going to play or not. And he was just warming up and he's, the guy's yelling from the back, Bron, Bron, Bron. And he's like, leave me alone, leave me alone. Finally, LeBron looks over. The guy points to me and LeBron just has this big smile and gives me a, a little peace sign kind of thing. And he's like, oh man. I was like, so he liked it, huh? He goes, you have no idea. That was huge. So I was like, Oh, okay. So it was uh, one of those moments and my son sat next to me and then we got to spend half an hour and I was, you know, doing bits for LeBron and, and, and Kyrie and all those guys in the locker room after the game. So it was pretty surreal. And then LeBron and, uh, was with my family for our Christmas card that year. Oh, wow. That, that's, yeah. that's pretty cool. See, I don't yeah, know. If he, know he, as, he, probably doesn't, he, he probably doesn't know that, but he was. <laughs> you might you might get hit with a copyright uh, lawsuit. I'm, I'm kidding, of course. How about uh, so? Can you give us a little Morgan Freeman just in any voice so people can hear that? Ah, uh, yes. Sometimes a man like Frank Caliendo doesn't catch the cue and doesn't know that he's supposed to do the voice. He just talks about what it was. There we go. <laughs> Thank you. I, that's why I, I, I love how selfishly I want to have you on to hear these voices. Adam, I, Adam Sandler, oh, you sure. had, you, Mike, Mike's sons went to see you in person years ago and they, and they loved everything, the Madden. And, and, and then for, for years, weeks after, they would go around imitating, doing your Adam Sandler. Not Adam Sandler for movies, but I think it had something to do with a piece of pie or something like that. Yeah, you just, uh, you just get there and, uh, would you like a piece of pie? Hey, you be do. See again, it's the right away. I know who you're doing, right? It's yeah. just, it's, it's. I don't have to see the face or 
or the movie. Uh, just another popular one, and, and we all love him. He's, he's got a place in your neighborhood, in your area in, in Arizona, Charles Barkley. See, that's what a knucklehead is. Caliendo has no idea what he's talking about. Very, very good at what he's doing. Right, Shaq? Exactly what I was thinking, Shaq. Don't be a knucklehead. Yeah, and you've I done did. that for Charles, right? I'm sure he's heard Oh, yeah, you. many times. Charles Charles, great. But I just did Shaq with Shaq a couple months ago. And uh, <laughs> and then I – because I did uh, – there were those nuns playing basketball. I did a voiceover for Oh, yes, that was, oh, t- oh, that was terrific. Yeah, I saw that on, on, on social media. <laughs> and they played it for Shaq, and he heard the he, – he heard the Charles. And Shaq knew I did the Charles, and then – he went crazy for me doing Shaq, but he really loved the, the Charles thing. That was, uh, that, that was a moment where I just saw the, the big smile, and I was like, oh, that's pretty cool. That was a hilarious clip. Yes, uh, Nunn's playing basketball legitimately, but you're voicing over as, as Charles. And Barkley's complaining about the Nuns. They're not playing at a high level right now. <laughs> <laughs> yes. And then, and then Sha- you know, Shaq's a good sport, too, about you know, people. They even tease them all this. You know, of course, they tease each other. It's a, that's a terrific uh, Well, group. Shaq's thing is, Shaq's super likable. So Shaq is... Shaq is going to be more the guy of trying to get everybody together, everybody to get along kind of thing. And Charles is the one who's going to, you know, instigate and make you a little crazy. But he's, he's doing it out of truth. He's not doing it to be a troublemaker. Charles is doing it. That's why, it's, like, the, the network news will go to Charles Barkley. What do you think about the, the, the Middle East? I think they got some really bad problems. Look, it's Charles Barkley. He's the only one who will tell the truth, so they go to it. That's amazing. <laughs> Well, years ago when I interviewed him, and he really wanted you – know, he's from Alabama, and he's proud of where he's come from, but he said he was going to run for governor. This was early on, of course, in, uh, of Alabama, and then he changed his mind. I said, well, what happened? Are you serious? He goes, yeah, but then I found out if I, if I want to have to live there, and that's not really a place I want to live anymore. <laughs> so I was like, <laughs> that's not – that was just authentic, Charles, but uh, he, you know, he's, a, he's a special person. So before I let you go, you're uh, – other than John Madden, which we when you hear that, you think Caliendo impression, but what's, what's your favorite? And then what is, other than the Madden, uh, the fan favorite? I guess that can shift a lot, but you could give me a couple. Yeah, it all depends. The ones that people like are the ones they know best and what they have, uh, you know, some type of um, affinity for in the first place. So if they they like the Italian guys or if they like um, Morgan Freeman or they they like Robin Williams or something like that, they they gravitate to that being what theirs is. You know, the sports – the sports news. For me, that what I like is when they're new. So when something is new, that newer, that's interesting to me. So the Tony Romo messing around with that. Um, and, uh, you know, I've been doing a bunch of the Avengers characters. And yep, uh, yep. even even uh, um, uh, John C. Riley and, and some weird ones like that. Those, those are fun to me because they're just interesting and different. And the new, you know, the old Pesci, the new version of that I've been doing. So that's what's, that's what's in, really interesting to me, but people are, are constantly asking me and I don't even do it. I mean, well, I'll get 10 people a day, 20 people on social media asking me for a John Madden thing. I'm like, listen, he's retired. So am I with that. You know? <laughs> I, yeah. I don't mind if there's something topical that comes up and makes sense. That's, that's fine for me. But if it's, Hey, for me to just go out there and do John Madden all the time, it just looks like I can't come up with anything new. That's, that's yeah, my I, I, and who I didn't I meant to ask you this before, but I let up. But impressionist today that you like? I mean, I don't know many that, or any other. Uh, oh yeah, there's a lot of do. great people. There's a Jay Farrow is fantastic. Josh Robert Thompson probably does. Wait, not probably. He does the best Morgan Freeman. 
Um, there's okay. a guy I just met. Yeah, it's, it's it, like I sound like a guy trying to do Morgan Freeman. He just sounds like Morgan Freeman. Um, there's uh, and, and, and he and he's he does he, he does a bunch of impressions. It's not like he's only does the Morgan Freeman. I think he even does it for him. Um, you know, the ADR and the looping in the movies when they when they can't get him to come in to, to right. fix a line, he does it for him. Or um, but there's uh, John Bailey who I just met, who's one of those movie trailer voice guys too. Now. Okay. Okay. Um, he, he does a bunch of John Holmberg, who's on my podcast is incredible. Alon gold. There's so many Ross, Ross Marquand. Uh, oh yes, he did. Death. Yeah, he, yeah, he did. And he, by the way, you, I've never heard you do a Christopher Walken. Maybe everybody else does a Walken, but yeah, I'm but sure, Ross, I'm sure everybody can do it. I'm just about, I'm sure even you, Chris Myers can do Christopher Walken. <laughs> okay. So, but, uh, but, but uh, Ross does a uh, Matthew McConaughey. That's really good. I remember. Right? That's you, great. Too. That's great too. Yeah. But is uh, the key, his best, are his weird ones, um, Brad like, Pitt. Uh, uh, he, you know, uh, he's got some that you just go, "Wow, that's yeah, fantastic! Yeah. That's unbelievable!" How did, why, why, you, how would you even start on that? Right, that's so, what's cool. No, and I and I like the color. You do you just for me for old times since you mentioned Rich Little. Do you do Johnny Carson? Do you do because Dana Carvey had a great Carson well, and Carsini. So, so the way. The way that Rich Little did it, Rich Little would do it exactly like I guess that is a uh, let's say we're uh, that's where we're going, that's where we're on our way, isn't that right, Ed? And but Dana Carvey be Carvey would be that is weird, wild stuff, Ed. <laughs> it's much higher, way up here, almost Casey Kasem. So uh, yes. it's interesting because Carvey would take the impression and take it to, to Muppet level. He would turn everything into a complete caricature and cartoon, whereas Rich Little would do more of the exact replica with a little thing here and there for the, you know, for the calling card. To, of it. to make that, we almost had, he almost had a little Scooby-Doo in there, and I know you do a great Scooby-Doo. Well, that's Shaggy. I mean, Shaggy yeah, is always Shaggy. like, hey, Scooby. That's right, way like, hey, Scooby-Doo. Run, roll. <laughs> <laughs> so cartoon characters, right? That's probably another thing I didn't even. Think I never about. did a lot. I see. I no? like the people. I like the impressions of people. There are people who are really, really great at cartoon characters, and they're just better at it than me. But I never had an. I mean, part of it I think is that I never had an interest in. It's like singing impressions. People are like you do any singers? I'm like, I guess I could. But what am I going to do? Rhyme stuff? That's <laughs> yeah. Yeah, that's a, is that a different skill set, Frank? Because we've seen guys who imitate, you know, the Sinatras or certain singers, right? I, I think you know, Ariana Grande, you know. It's a little different, but to me, it was it, when, a, when a singer is in doing their, you know, doing their show, when they're singing, it's kind of like an actor in a movie. I, for the most part, I didn't do impressions of movie characters. I did little right. bits of lines here and there. But I would try to do the actual person. I would right. do Al Pacino just talking regularly, or Robin Williams <laughs> talking regularly, or uh, Adam Sandler just talking like you were uh, hanging out with him at the sandwich shop. But you know, everybody acts differently in movies because yeah. they ramp it up and play characters. Now, yeah. I, in terms of uh, announcers, I would do a little bit more of the character because you know you talk to John Madden and he would talk like this. And he, you know, he'd say the things that he was saying and think the things he was thinking. But in the game, boom! I mean, he would get a little bit more of the character. So I would do that with the sports people. But um, yeah, in terms of actors, I always went for more of who is this person? Uh, you know, what are they like for real? As opposed to who are they from? Like people always like do Pacino and Scarface. I'm like, 
I've never even worked on that because that's just yeah. one role he did in the movie. It's not that, not that it's not interesting to me, but that's kind of him doing the character there. And it's, it's, I don't want to say easier, but it's just different than being the person. Yeah, there's a, yeah, no, there's a science to this. And that's why, hey, real quick, you did, uh, Jim Nance, do you do an Al Michaels or a Joe Buck? I'm curious. I'm just do curious. you believe in miracles? Yes. Yeah, a little <laughs> bit of Al Michaels. Joe okay. Buck, uh, I've gone in and out of. Um, it's one that I can never harness, uh, but I, I did it for him. And uh, it, people don't know how funny Joe Buck is and a great sport. Well, you know, great sense of humor, yeah. yeah uh, sorry, and I sorry, did it for yeah. him, and he's like, uh, Frank, that is awful. You know, he's one of those. Uh, <laughs> That's funny, he's like, but, I, he's like, I don't sound like an announcer. I'm like, you do sound a little bit like oh, an announcer when you're announcing. Yes. Before I let you go, just on the science part, and I guess this this is your skill set. Uh, maybe there's a secret to it. How you divide uh, the the voices from one to the other? When we've heard you just even in this podcast here, uh, you know, go from one to the other. And how? I mean, does your mind work different? How do you explain that in a nutshell, if you could? I just see them in front of me. I see the person, so it's almost like looking in a mirror. So I look like a South Park version of them. <laughs> um, but it's okay. one of those where it, it, it's, I see the person in front of me. So then I can start, you know, you know how you do that in a mirror, you look in a mirror and you start yeah. making faces. That's, right. that's what feel, I do. I, yeah. So I almost look down on it like from a third party, a third person situation, omniscient um, and look at what I'm doing and I can see it. I'm, that's why a lot of times when I'm on TV, I'm actually disappointed. I'm like, ah, that's not as good as what I saw in my head because I saw the actual person. So, um, but other people don't, you know, some people dislike it, but it's, uh, I'm probably my own worst critic. That's the thing that drives me crazy is people say something on social media, like that wasn't that good. I'm like, it was free. Shut up. <laughs> That's right. Yeah. There, everybody's a critic too. You know, uh, I remember Rich, and I like that you diverse, I remember Rich Little doing a bit when he had a cold on, on and maybe it was on Carson. And he came out and he said, you know, well, if I, you know, he didn't do his stand-up thing, but he said, if I have a, if, if you know, if I have a cold, well, then, you know, John Wayne has a cold. Johnny Carson right. has a cold. And he did each one of them kind of with a cold. And I guess he had the real cold, but it still sounded, you knew, it's like, kind of like with you, you knew the guy, you knew what you, who you were doing and, yeah. and you connected with it. So I, I think that's kind of a cool thing. Well, I could go on and on about this because I love listening and, and I always appreciate you, you know, hitting the, the Chris Myers request list because I hit some favorites. But if anybody else wants to hear, it's caliendocast.com. And, and again, I follow you, you know, on Twitter or the gram or whatever at Frank Caliendo because <laughs> because uh, I love the, the short clips just like you talked about the nuns playing hoops with Charles Barkley broadcasting and then, you know Madden doing the with Summerall doing the, the gas station bit uh, I'll just go back and watch those when I want to laugh so uh, we hope to see you back out on stage and we can all be out there but uh, Frank have a have a good one and uh, you and the family take take care and hopefully we'll have you on again keep up the new impressions too I love the old classics but I'm with you I like the new challenges and they're terrific all right Chris thank you appreciate it man all right We'll talk to you later on. We thank Frank Caliendo for being with us on CMI here on Podcast One. And this is Chris Myers signing off. <laughs> Thanks for listening to CMI, the Chris Myers interview. Make sure to subscribe, rate, review, and spread the word. Get new episodes every Wednesday on Podcast One, Apple Podcasts, and Spotify. 